guys, we're back for another exciting episode of the Hashtag Wednesday Match Play, and I am pumped for today's guest because I've been following this guy on Twitter for I don't know how many years, and he popped up in my feed recently, and I was like, hey, come on the show. Didn't think he would respond, he did, and he followed me on Twitter, so thank you for the follow. That's fantastic. So I'm excited to also welcome Global Golf Post on this show for the second time this season. I don't know if that's happened before, where we've had the same brand represented twice. Earlier this season, we have Rob Coleman from the Global Golf Post. Today, we have Jeff Brook with us, and I am excited to learn more about what he does. He's involved in more than just golf in the Global Golf Post. We'll talk about that tonight. This episode of the Hashtag Wednesday Match Play is presented by Eat Sleep Golf, and it's also a part of the Golf Radio Network, a syndicated network of golf podcasts. That just continues to grow. Gabriel Aloisi is just looking left and right to find new podcasts to add. He's got a new podcast coming where he basically reviews equipment, which is kind of cool. So we've seen that before, and everybody's doing that, right? But he's got a little bit of a different twist on that. So look for more stuff coming from the Golf Radio Network soon. If you haven't done this already, click the subscribe button down below, whether you're on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play. Easiest way to make sure that you get this right to your inbox. Also, turn on the notifications. I wish they did that by default. They don't. You have to turn that on. But if you turn that on, as soon as this is released every Wednesday at 10 a.m., boom, you get an email, and it'll come right to you. You don't even have to look for it. But if you do look for it, just search hashtag Wednesday Match Play. You'll find it. It's simple. It's easy. We're going to talk some golf today. So, Jeff Brook, welcome to the Hashtag Wednesday Match Play. Hey, thanks, Ricky. Thanks for having me on. Very excited to learn more about you and your role with Global Golf Post and all the other things that you're in. But before we jump into the questions, just give us an overview of who you are, what you do, how long you've been with the Global Golf Post, and just kind of a, an elevator pitch of what you're all about. Exactly. Well, I'm uh, way up here in Canada, in Toronto, Canada, and I've uh, been a journalist for, oh, 30-plus years now. Uh, most of it's been business journalism and news journalism, but uh, over the last 10 years or so, I've dabbled in in golf journalism, which is obviously way more fun than uh, than business and politics. So my day job's at the Globe and Mail. I'm a project editor there. Um, but uh, maybe 10 years or so ago, I started golf writing on the side for the Globe and Mail and covered a few tournaments, including the Masters. In fact, the uh, Masters was the very first tournament I covered, so I jumped in right in the deep end. And since then, I've done it um, mostly just on the side to my regular job. Um, but I, I love it. And it's sort of branched out. I, I write for a couple of magazines up here, including Score Golf Magazine. It's a national magazine up in Canada. And uh, over the last six, seven years, I guess now, I've also been a columnist with uh, Global Golf Post, which, uh, which I love. It's not, um, I don't write every, every week. It's usually every other week through the golf season. But uh, I love contributing to it. It's a great uh, magazine, and they really cover golf from around the world and from from the juniors and amateurs right on up to the all the pro tours. There's no question there, and I've been a big fan of the publication for a long time. And when Rob was on this show, I was I was talking to him about that. I used to for the longest time. I would every Monday I would print it and I'd go through and highlight things and make notes. And I, I loved the the non news breaking quality content that we would get like you talk about the juniors and the and you know the LPGA is covered so succinctly in the publication and it's just, it's cool to be able to see more than just you know Tiger Woods makes the cut and and doesn't hurt his back kind of stories that everybody exactly. else is doing so now being in Canada I've done some work with the Canadian PGA I've had a couple of folks from them on this Great. show I played in a golf tournament earlier this year in Bermuda that they are involved with yeah. Just really yeah. enjoy the, the 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 team that's involved with the Canadian PGA. 
So tell me a little bit more about Toronto, what it's like working up there. And I mean, obviously, if you're covering the Masters, you come stateside, but do you get stateside very often for your job? Yeah, yeah I usually come two or three times a year. Um, we get down either for some tournaments or to do some uh, feature reporting. So uh, I'm pretty familiar with the, the U.S. golf, but more so with the Canadian golf. And uh, with Global Golf Post, they the, the column I do is actually a news column on what's happening in Canada for Canadian readers. So my efforts are pretty much focused north of the border as far as as far as new, news gathering goes. Well, the team over at Eat Sleep Golf, who is the presenting sponsor of this uh, this program, will appreciate that because they're north of the border as well. Yes. Now, Global Golf Post is like we've been talking, just full of good quality content. How do you guys stay so far ahead of the curve? Like, I mean, you don't have a huge amount of writers working with the publication, but it seems like the quality of the content, I mean, it's every Monday, it's current, it's it's the stuff that you heard about yesterday, maybe when you're turning off the TV, but it's it, the quality of the content is so ahead of the curve. So how are you guys staying ahead of that? And what's kind of the the, the process for you as a writer of getting that content delivered in such a high quality manner so quickly right well i'm kind of a satellite operation up here in toronto there's one other uh, toronto columnist or ontario columnist uh, robert thompson he writes more of a feature column and the two of us are just kind of responsible for doing our own thing coming up with our own content and uh filing on deadline uh what goes on past that um i'm not i'm not as clear on but i do know they they run a pretty efficient ship and um when i as a reader when I look at it Monday, there's really nothing they don't cover. So no matter what your interest in golf is, it'll be there. In fact, I think I think it'd be harder to find golf that they don't cover than than they do cover. So uh, they, do, they do a pretty thorough job. Well, and that's, that's cool, too, for the reader. I mean, the quality of the presentation is absurd how good it is. Like, it just looks good, whether you're viewing it on an iPad, a phone, on your, on your computer. And it's changed in the last last year, year and a half, and it's gotten better. And even though I I don't like the new format as much as I like the old format because I was just a print a PDF and go, but you know it's definitely transitioning into the way that it should be. It's very responsive and it's it's the more than just the quality of the content. It's the overall experience that the user can have on Monday mornings, and I I eat and breathe by that on Monday mornings. So one thing that I do here at Tiburon each Monday, I will actually create custom graphics to congratulate the weekly event winners. That's something that I did when I was in the true corporate office. And I love doing that because it just keeps me abreast of what's going on, whether it's the Sunshine Tour, the LPGA, the web.com, what have every tour, right? And I use the global golf post sometimes in an effort to say, who won? I need a photo of the guy that won the, the Sunshine Tour event. Well, I guarantee global golf post is going to have it because they've got quality content for all tours. And we'll talk more about photos here in a minute. But so Twitter, we talked about that a little bit. You are extremely active on Twitter. You post a lot of great content there. What other networks are you using? And what's your favorite network to use from a business perspective besides Twitter? I'm pretty much all Twitter, to be honest. I, uh, I'm not on Instagram, although I've thought about it because um, I love photography. I love golf course photography. And uh, those are good things to post on Instagram. Uh, I'm not even on Facebook. So I'm uh, maybe a bit of a throwback. Glad I'm sitting down. My goodness, not on Facebook. <laughs> So everything, all my social media presence is is on Twitter. I figure that's enough for me. And um, my attention span is about 
you know, about 180 characters ish, or double that now, I guess. Uh, I, so, I was so mad when they did, and I, I used more than 140, but at first I was like, put down. I use 140 or less, and that's the way it's 140, yes, yes. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's, that's where it's at. I, I have a lot of fun on Twitter. I think it's, um, I use it partly just to promote the stuff, the work that I'm, uh, that I'm doing myself, or colleagues that I think are doing good work and, and should get as many readers as possible. But also, I like to just uh, you know join the conversation other people have and crack a few jokes and uh, once in a while throw in a few uh, political observations or social observations, just to you know just to show that there's more to golf writers than uh, just uh, chasing a ball around the field. Absolutely. Now you mentioned that you were also involved with the Globe. Just tell me a little bit more about that. I mean, you said that's your full time gig, right? And you would it think is, the yes. quality of content you're producing for Global Golf Post, that was your full time gig. What are you writing for them, and kind of what's what's how does that role transition into what you're doing with Global Golf Post? Well, um, I've been at the Globe for 22 years now, and my current job is project editor. So it's more of a behind the scenes production editor job. I do everything from assign stories to organize the photographs. Uh, through to the copy editing and even the design of the pages stage. So you don't see my name too often in the Globe and Mail, although I do uh, write the odd golf travel story, travel quite a bit um, for personal interest and then and then write about it. And uh, as I said, there was a there was a few years there where I covered uh, golf for the sports section, at least on a kind of semi-regular basis, writing a bit of news and covering a few tournaments now and then, including the Masters and uh, the, the big national championships here, like the RBC Canadian Open. Now you mentioned traveling for golf. We got to get you down to Naples. I mean, Tiburon's got exactly. two golf courses. We host an LPGA tour event, a PGA tour event. It's kind of a big deal down here. So let's, it is. And, let's uh, uh, get you down here. I believe it's um, Canada's most famous brook. I believe she lives there as well. So Brooke Henderson. <laughs> now, I that's the other side. Like, imagine if you had a daughter and named her Brooke, like Brooke Brooke. Like, I'd that would be, uh, I'd be a bit much. <laughs> I think that would be a bit much, but you know, tip of the cap to her. She, uh, she plays in that, uh, that LPGA event here. Yes. And I've had the chance to see her at Tiburon a couple of times. And she's, she's so nice. She's laid back and just, she's a good player too. I mean, she's got some wins and just, it's, it's really cool to see, to see kind of how, how these players react off the golf course. And, you know, it, it's it's nice to know that they're humans, you know, because on TV you kind of get to the points where you think, oh wow, they're just you know they're there to hit golf shots and and that's all, and and, and they're little they're literally human beings just like you and me, and they just happen to be really good at golf <laughs> and a lot better than us. Yeah, she's a really uh, sweet young woman too, very genuine, and um, you know the epitome of the Canadian nice person. I think um, I, I haven't heard too many people say much bad about her she um she's a consummate pro when she's playing and she's she's great with the fans especially the uh, younger kids and and especially the female the younger females so um she's a good role model for canada and she really has a chance to be canada's best all-time player in either gender ever uh, the way she's going so she's a once in a generation star and and uh, i think i think for canadians she's really maybe the only player right now that moves the needle. So it's pretty special. That's cool. Now the Ryder cup was uh, in the news recently with the captain's picks. I mean, the, the picks were kind of obvious, right? Especially on the U S yeah. side, but what, what are your thoughts on the picks? And then kind of, what do you think is going to come of the Ryder cup this year in Paris? Once again, no Canadians on the list. I'm uh, crushed. <laughs> Somehow we got to get part to be part of Europe or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I didn't. I didn't have any problem with the, any of the picks at all. Although um, I like, I, I'm a big. When I'm looking at um, whether I'm betting or whether I'm just predicting who's gonna gonna win, I, I really believe in momentum, and I I believe in going with the hot players. And I think I definitely would have put Matt Wallace on the the European team over maybe Sergio Garcia. I I get the reasoning for Sergio, but um, you know a guy who a guy like Matt Wallace, even though his experience is very thin compared to Sergio's, he's won three times this year and he's just coming off a big win. And um, to me, that kind of that kind of momentum should be should be captured. And um, you know, so what if he's he's inexperienced? Big deal. It's uh, you know, he's every day of his life almost is is a big moment. So the Ryder Cup would just be another one of those. Well, and to that very point, Tiger is a terrible Ryder Cup player. I mean, yeah. I Tiger's all around me. I'm his biggest fan. And I I just have never been a fan of him in that format. And he's not played well in them. And I'm glad that he made the team because a year ago he could barely walk and he didn't know if he would ever play competitive golf again. But at the same time, does he deserve that spot? I think you talk about momentum. I mean, the guy's been playing better and better and better, and he's putting all the pieces together. And he, from a, a momentum perspective, he probably should be on the team. And exactly. The, the eyeballs that he's going to draw and the ratings that that will get. But at the same time, you look at like a Matt Wallace. I mean, the dude just keeps winning and not even sure he was in the conversation anywhere. I mean, yeah. leading up to the, the picks. And like Sergio, what's he done this year? Like, yeah. I, I don't well, know. Th- three wins and in 12 starts or 12 months or whatever it's been for Matt Wallace. Um, I, I don't think you can ignore that. And I, you know, I also have to remember it's a 12 man team and, and you don't have to expose him in every single match. Um, but I think it would be phenomenal in singles and uh, look at the round he pulled off last Sunday to win. Um, I think I would have taken a flyer on, on him over maybe one of the veterans, the rest of the picks I didn't have any, any problems with though. It's a pretty solid lineup in both, Teams, I think I was reading stats that 17 of the top 20 players in the world are represented in this thing. So this could, this theoretically could be one of the great Ryder Cups of all time. Well, and it's cool too, with Phil having been in it for so many years and just the, you know, the old guys, right? I mean, they keep calling Tiger old and yeah, he's 42, but he hits the ball further than 95% of the guys in the field. So exactly. I mean, call him old all you want. Now we talked about Naples real quick. Um, about uh, six, eight months ago, Ted McIntyre was down here. Yes. He was here for a fam trip. Yes. Just last week, he shared a video on YouTube of his highlights. I mean, it took him almost a year to do it, but he did it. <laughs> That's fine. He and I became quick friends when he was here, and I saw a photo of you and Ted. Now, is that just coincidence, or do you guys know each other? Because he's a golf writer, and he lives north of the border. No, we absolutely know each other. Uh, the the, the uh, Canadian golf writing community is small but pretty tight. And uh, yeah, I see a lot of a lot of Ted a few times a year. Played golf with him. I've been on trips with him, and um, he's also kind of branched out into to wine reporting, which which is uh, cool too. So uh, yeah, I see a lot of his work, and um, you know, I follow him. And when he travels, the rest of us travel because we get to see where he goes. And then when I travel, other people see they travel as well. So it's uh, it's it's always great to see where where people are going and what their experiences are and. Ted's been uh, Ted's been at it for a long time. He he does a great job, and um, always look forward to seeing his travel stuff. So he's not been on the show, but because of the fact that I found that photo and that you know him, I'm going to have him <laughs> on the show, whether it's later this season or next season, because we're yeah. almost done with season three. But Ted, if you're watching and when you see this, you're coming on the show. Well, you can uh, you can grill him on wine too. You can uh, go beyond golf even. So I love it. 
Now we talk about the content of Global Golf Post, the written content, the verbiage, the just the sheer breadth of what is being created is incredible. But the photos are also amazing. So yeah. does Global Golf Post have photographers out in the field? Are you buying the photos? Are you borrowing the photos? Are you stealing the photos? Like where did the I mean the, the photos are incredible that you guys Yeah, that, definitely not stealing, but uh, I would say I, they're I they're uh, I would say they're most of the photos would be coming from uh, wire services. And um, as a you know, as an employee of the Globe and Mail, I get to see what what photos come in over the wire services on a daily basis, not just sports, but all all areas. And I can tell you, there's thousands of photos that come in from golf tournaments on the weekend that hardly anybody ever sees, but are really worth showcasing. And you know, Global Golf Post has the space, the digital space to show them, and it's great to take advantage of it. I, um, you know, there's there's tournaments going on all over the world, and um, it's great to see to see photos beyond the obvious ones that we see in the paper uh, each Monday morning, because it's almost always a picture of Tiger or whoever the winner was. Um, but there's just so much more available, and I think uh, Global Golf Post definitely taps into that. Well, and I again, when I create those graphics, I find that like I look into the winners a little bit more, and there's always you know first time winners on the web.com or first time winners in the LPGA or the lady that just won in the LPGA a few weeks ago was her first win in like 142 starts, and I'm like, right. how cool is that? Like it's more than just hey, she won an LPGA tour event. Here's a photo of her holding the trophy. It's more in the story that goes into that, and that's cool that you guys are able to expose that. Exactly. Now, you you went to college in London. I just got back from London, as a matter of fact. I am obsessed with Europe. I go over there every year, at least once, if not twice. I'm trying to find out how I can make that permanent so I can just move over there. And London would be a good place to start. Right. So and as a matter of fact, while I was in London a few weeks ago, I actually got engaged. So it was even nice. more. Congratulations. So thank you. Now, tell me more about your time in London, your time in school, and kind of what made you go from where you are from to London to back to Canada. Well, I hate to disappoint you, but I uh, I went to school in London, Ontario, which is the oh my god, which is the lesser the lesser famous of the Londons. Um, <laughs> I didn't even so, know there was a London, Ontario. Look what I'm learning. Oh my there's god, a London, Ontario. It's about uh, two hours from Toronto, and that's where I was born and grew up. And uh, the university there is the University of Western Ontario. It would be probably one of the five big schools in Canada. Kind of, if there was an Ivy League in Canada, it would be sort of in the Ivy League. So how I got in, I'm not sure, but I, I, I did manage to get in and graduate. And um, really, that's where, I, that's where I developed my love of journalism. I, I went to Western to become a teacher, be a high school teacher, studied literature, but uh, got bit by the journalism bug there. Uh, started writing movie reviews and uh, things like that and kind of, kind of changed directions on my career into, into writing and, and journalism. So not quite... The famous London, although I've been there, um, but still, but still an excellent uh, school experience. That shows either my lack of of research that I did, or <laughs> the fact that all I did was read London and immediately thought that I was in Europe again. So I think yes. that it's a combination of the two. Well, the fact did. that you've been to London, England, that makes me feel a little bit better. I have, I have, yes. You probably that's where I'm trying to move. So <laughs> yes, well, you probably crushed. I don't have an accent too, then. So. 
<laughs> I actually thought because I didn't know. I was like, is he going to have an English accent? Is he going to yes. have a Canadian accent? It's definitely Canadian. So I don't know how my accent is, but you've definitely got a little bit of the Canadian in you. Yes. Now, when you sit down, and I'm always so curious about this because I'm a blogger, right? And I sit down to write a blog post. I'm never writing it by hand, even though I write a lot of things by hand. I sit down and I, I type. I'm a typer. So when you sit down to write an article, are you typing? Are you writing? Or like, what's your process? I'm always so curious what a writer's process looks like. I'm absolutely uh, do everything on on uh, on the keyboard. In fact, I was writing a fair bit on the weekend, and I realized I don't even really know how to write anymore. So everything everything I do, even take notes. If I if I was doing a phone interview, I'd probably take notes uh, with with the typewriter. There there was a time when computers just started. I mean, I can remember those days. And I remember thinking, oh, I'm never going to be able to um, to take a, take information and write a story on the keyboard. But like everything else, it's uh, eventually adapt to it. And you can't really imagine doing it another way. So yeah, I'm purely, purely a keyboard man now. If you said, Ricky, write your name in cursive, I would not know how. <laughs> I would have no clue. Yes. Yes. It's a, definitely a, a lost art. So I didn't tell you before we went live, this was going to fly by and we're not done yet, but that's halfway through. Like that was crazy how quick that went. So yes. I, I am just, it's so cool to get to, to meet other, I mean, I'm not a golf writer by any means, but to meet writers and especially writers that work for such, such publications like the Global Golf Post. So it's really cool to be able to learn more about you and the publication and your role with the publication, but let's transition into the back nine. So we're going to have a little bit of sure. fun, let our hair down. So you ready for your back nine? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, if you say The Legend of Bagger Vance, I'm going to be mad. But what's your favorite golf movie? Oh, this is a sore spot because I don't have one. I, I've never seen a golf movie that I've liked. So Really? No kidding. Really, yeah. I mean, Happy Gilmore is pretty good and Tin mm. Cup. No. <laughs> he says no. Okay. <laughs> now... I am on a whiskey kick. While I was on my trip to yes. Europe earlier this summer, I went to Scotland to Isla to drink to drink Scotch whiskey, and I'm just, I'm on a whiskey kick right now. Yeah. So, being from Canada, you've got Canadian whiskey. So, yes. what is your favorite Canadian whiskey? And if you say Crown, I know you're not you're not telling. No, me. that's uh, I don't think that really counts. There's one. Uh, there's a whiskey from Cape Breton. You put me on the spot to remember its name, but um, I think it might be like Breton something or other. Um, and it actually is a legitimate whiskey made in uh, Nova Scotia on the East Coast. Uh, I think I think I would have to say that it it's uh, very tasty. Can't quite remember the name though, so that's okay. I, I like that because I haven't heard of that, and I I haven't I haven't dug into Canadian whiskey because I mean I was on a Scotch kick until I went to Scotland, and now I feel like I've reached the epitome. Like it was on my bucket list to drink Laphroaig at Laphroaig in yes. Ireland. So like I did that. Now it's like Scotch is whatever. So now so I'm moving into whiskey. Yeah, this would be probably the only legitimate whiskey that we could call scotch in Canada, I think. It's Breton. You'll think of it as soon as we're off air. Exactly, yeah. Now, there are a lot of golf courses out there. You've played a lot of them. What's yes. the best course you've played and the worst course you've played? The best course in Canada? That you've played anywhere in the world, not just Canada. Um. Probably Royal County down in Ireland. I've uh, been fortunate to go to Ireland three times in the last five years, and I played Royal County down each time, and uh, I love it. That's Lynx golf is my kind of golf. And really, See, I hate Lynx golf. The quirkiness of Royal County down and and 
just really appeals to my imagination as a both as a player, but just just as someone who who likes that kind of rugged landscape. Now, have you played Royal Portrush? I have, yes. I just um, in the in the trip I went on this spring, I I played it and Royal County Down within a two or three day period, and so I've played Royal Portrush under its new configuration that'll be used next year for the for the Open Championship, and uh, it's a way better course than it was, and it was great before. So it'll be a pretty amazing open next year. So I don't know what it was before. I played it when I was in Europe just a few weeks ago, and it was the hardest golf course I've played by 10 shots. Like yeah. the rough was fairway or double bogey is basically yes. what it felt like. And, yes. and you know, I, 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 I get that style of play. And, you know, if I broke 100, I mean, I was playing rentals, rental clubs. I didn't hit balls and I was wearing tennis shoes, right? Like I wasn't there to break records. Yeah. But for them to tell me that Rory shot 61 from the tips when he was 16, yes. and then I go out there, I shoot 44 in the front with two doubles and thought I played pretty good, right? Yes. And just it's it's different, and that's cool that you've had the chance to play there. And that was – I mean, there's a couple of holes where you're right on the water, and it's just – the views are just unbelievable. So Yes. Yeah, I, love Link, I love Lynx golf. So any kind of Lynx golf um, – I know you only asked me for one, but I guess probably my okay. other – my other one would be uh, Royal Darnock in Scotland. That's uh, a magical place too. A lot of fun playing golf there. What's the worst course? Horse course. Any uh, bad experiences over the years? Not really. Um, I mean, I've played a few courses that that I didn't really like so much, but um, you know, they would be they would be kind of sea level courses, anyways. And it's not fair to kind of gang up on a course that doesn't have any pretense of being great. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure I could think of one that I've played that have been that that would be recognizable that I was really disappointed in. I um, usually when people ask me what golf course is my favorite, I say the one I'm playing. So I like all I different kinds. Yeah. I like all different kinds of courses, and uh, Canada and the world, for that matter, has lots of different styles to offer. And uh, there's elements of each style that that I like. So I'm really never uncomfortable or unhappy on a golf course so there are a lot of restaurants in toronto what's your favorite i mean i there's no way i could pick so what's your favorite place to go eat at a restaurant um i live in a pretty traditional neighborhood and there's um, a nice little italian restaurant called positanos and uh, it has about 12 tables 15 tables and the food's always excellent so um usually when my family wants a, a really good good meal some traditional classic italian fare we go there dig that so be honest how far do you hit your driver um i think i carried about 230 maybe now but uh, on a good hit i can get it to 250 260. i've you. never been uh i've never been a long hitter um the the game to me has always been trying to hit it straight that's always been my big challenge uh, this year has been pretty successful, and and uh, I don't know how much equipment you talk on your show, but um, I I've uh, switched to a ping driver this year, and and I've added some yardage and I'm hitting it much straighter. So my long game off the tee is uh, is is fun this year. Makes I don't know very far either, so I, you don't hear ping as much as what we used to. I don't think so. That's cool that you're that yeah. you're playing ping ping equipment. Yeah, I've um, I've got ping right through the bag now, and. Um, uh, I still, I, I carry two sets. I have uh, still a set of Mizunos too, which I love, but, uh, but the, the, the ping have been good. I've had a good season with them. Really enjoying them. That's cool. I'm all Mizuno for myself. I got a Callaway driver, but Mizuno, everything else. So 
Who is in your perfect foursome? Ah, perfect foursome. Hmm. I should I should have studied more for this part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> you know the answer to all the hard stuff. <laughs> yes. Well, I met Arnold Palmer once, and uh, but I didn't get to play with him. So I think I, he would definitely he That's would definitely cool. be in my uh, my foursome. Um, I take my dad. He introduced me to the game for sure. And um, fourth, uh, there's a fellow golf writer up here, Lauren Rubenstein. He's um, he's uh, Canada's best golf writer for sure, and he's been a great mentor to me and helped me not only in my in my career but exposed me to a lot of golf that um, that I never would have got to see both in Canada and around the world without his um, without his key to open some of the doors. So I think I would take him just for just for the gratitude of uh, of all he's done for me. So that's a pretty good that's a pretty good force. It's a pretty good force him, yeah. I usually say Tiger next. <laughs> Tiger, yeah. Tiger, I, I think I might be a bit intimidated playing with Tiger though. So he'd um, have to but, hit like five iron to be able to be right about where I am with my driver. I think exactly, so. exactly. What golf ball are you currently playing? Um, I usually use the uh, Titleist Pro V1. Good call. Now, but, um, as a as a golf writer, I get um, I get sent a lot of golf balls, and um, the last round I played was with a Bridgestone. Quite enjoyed that ball, nice ball. And um, the uh, I belong to the Golf Journalists Association of Canada, and TaylorMade's a really good sponsor, so they they supply us with a lot of golf balls too. I like their their stuff a lot too. Very cool. Now, speaking of Tiger, and again, I'm Tiger's biggest fan. I yes. drive a red and black car because he wears red on Sunday, and I'm not kidding. Be careful how you answer this because we okay. have quick friends here. So I'm curious your response to this. Do you think he breaks Jack's record? Why or why not? Um, no, I, I don't think so. Um, I think it's great to see he's playing at the level he's playing at. But I think there's still a huge question mark about his long-term health, um, whether he can play full schedules year after year, say going forward for the next eight years or 10 years. Uh, that to me is a doubt. Now, he always proves people wrong. So if he proved me wrong, I wouldn't be surprised and I'd be the first to say. And also I think um, like when I watch now, I just see guys – that are competing at his level and that are doing things that he used to do, like putting, putting their foot on the throat of opponents. And um, he, I think when he was in his prime, there was, there was that intimidation factor, but there was also kind of only one or two guys maybe that he really had to worry about each week. But when I watch golf now, I see, I mean, I see 10 guys a week that, that are in form, that are at the top of their games. They're really playing well, and it's it's hard to get around that that many people. So if he if he won one more, wouldn't be surprised. Two more, maybe. Um, I don't know. Four or five is is a big ask. There's a lot of guys now who are standing in the queue waiting for their turn or want to win more. And um, I think his job is just in general, apart from his age and his health, just much much tougher to win. I mean, look at Brooks Kepka. It's it's hard to see that guy losing a major, the way he's he's been playing. And it's not a, with him, it's not a flash in the pan that's that's going to go away in a year or so. Uh, so I think I think it's just much much tougher now, for him to win. So um, I'd love to. I love watching him in majors. I'm I'm just as excited as anybody else to see him try to win one. 
but uh, I still think five is maybe a bit of a big ask. Okay. I, I don't like that answer, but I'm going to, I mean, <laughs> it's well said and well spoken and you've got some things to back it up with. So I'll allow it even though now, okay. Yes or no. Do you think if he stays healthy for the next eight to 10 years, do you think he can break the record? Yes, absolutely. This is health. I think to me is always the biggest factor. Um, he's not going to lose what he, what he has and as far as golf genius goes, but there's only so much you can get out of your body. And, and I know even in my lousy game that, you know, I have back and neck problems and when my neck back and neck are good, my game is fine. But when it's off, it's, it's hard to play. It's hard to, it's hard to hit. It's hard to swing. It's hard to score. And I think he's going to face that for the, for the rest of his career. And Tiger is not really the kind of guy who's going to share with us exactly what's going on with his body. So it's all guesswork. Um, but I just think, I just think, you know, 20, 25, uh, tournament schedule every year is a lot different than just coming back and playing six or eight times. And, you know, he's gonna, he's gonna start to travel overseas again and there's the international competitions and you start throwing that all in again. And I think he's going to have, he's going to have, uh, not necessarily health problems, but definitely health is going to be more of a, more of a factor for him. Something he's, he's going to have to manage maybe more than he ever did before. And even though before he was quite diligent. Okay. It's going to be fun regardless of what happens. The next eight, 10 years is going to be fun to watch. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no, there's no denying whether you, you like him or not, that uh, golf is more exciting when he's playing and it's a benchmark for, for viewers um, and for other players when he's, when he's in the field. And your final question of your hashtag Wednesday match play, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on the show. This hey, is my pleasure awesome getting fun. to know you. My what's, what's next? I mean, you got a lot of stuff going on. You're writing for a lot of publications. What's the, what's the, the immediate uh, future look like for, for you and, and what you're doing? Well, I, I mentioned before that I do a fair amount of travel and, um, and write about it. So I've been on a few, a few cool trips this year, including the Ireland trip I mentioned, and another one to Canada's East Coast that I still have to write. So that's uh, my, my, my writing future in the short term is, is writing up those stories. But I've also got some trips coming up in the fall to the Bahamas and probably to Arizona in December. So I'm looking forward to those and writing about those. So between that and um, my 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 work with Global Golf Post and my regular day job, I'm I'm busy enough. That's uh, that's that's probably my my limit. That's awesome. I used to live in Arizona, so if you need any advice on where to eat or where to play, let me know because I miss Scottsdale a ton. I was there for five years, and I miss uh, I miss the constant sunshine. It doesn't matter when you go; it's going to be sunny. It rains like exactly. five times a year there, so. And uh, yeah. and great golf there too. Um, I mentioned Lynx golf is is more my my style, but once a year for you know seven to ten days, I love playing desert golf. It's a lot of fun. It's kind of similar to Lynx golf. I mean, there's a couple of actually there's two or three Lynx style golf courses out there as well. Um, Camelback has got one. Churn has one down in Maricopa. So there's there's some there's some opportunities to play Lynx style golf while you're in the desert too. Sure. So. Jeff, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been awesome getting in to know more about you and what your role is with Global Golf Post. Again, this is the second time the Global Golf Post has been on this show this season. So I don't know what's going to happen next season. I mean, we might have to get some more writers on here to talk about Global Golf Post. But it's always fun learning about golf writers and the process and the way that you write the content that you do. This episode of the Hashtag Wednesday Match Play presented by Eat Sleep Golf will be on YouTube. 
It'll be on iTunes and Google Play via podcast. Again, if you haven't subscribed, click the subscribe button down below. Turn on the notifications. That way you are guaranteed to get it every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Jeff, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. It's been awesome getting to share your story with everyone at home. And as always, on the hashtag Wednesday Match Plays, you have to remember to eat, sleep, golf.